Seven months ago, I told my boss, Vince McMahon, to take his job and shove it. Steve Austin got tired of sitting on his ass in the house, and everybody said, Austin can take his ball and go home. Well, Stone Cold Steve Austin is back. I brought a big fat can of whoop-ass. I can guarantee that I am going to raise more hell in this ring than I've ever raised in my life. That is what we're here for, JR! The Rock said he was going to confront Stone Cold Steve Austin. Austin, do you remember the last two times you went one-on-one with the great one? I whipped your ass not once, but twice. What you don't understand is this. The Rock has done it all in this business. A seven-time WWE champion. He's a, a leading man in Hollywood. Right. The one thing that The Rock has not done is whoop that ball candy ass at WrestleMania. So what do you say, Stone Cold? What do you say? You say My name is Robert Fuller, and joining me for the first time today is a fellow Scotsman, even though I don't sound it, is um, Adam from Western Without Contacts. Adam, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. Yeah, so, um, it's a 
Well, equal match for the public, so. Yeah, um, yeah, so my, um, we are doing the final part of the uh, mini-series on the Rock Austin matches, which we are talking about uh, the one he did with Austin at WrestleMania 19. So, Adam, um, at this time, which is 2003, uh, where were you a wrestling fan? Were you watching WWE, or were you watching other indie things as well? Uh, well, I've always tried to like, watch as much as I can. I mean, you'll know, having like grown up in the UK as a fan yourself, uh, like starting watching when I did, I I started watching wrestling in like the early nineties. Yeah, and you'll know, originally back then, you had WWF videos. That was it, nothing else. And then later, you know, WCW ones started coming out as well. Uh, so. Obviously, me and my friends watched all them as well. Uh, one of my friends got in touch with like a tape trail and got like ECW and stuff through them. So I've always tried to like just watch. If there's wrestling on, I'll watch it. But at the time, WWE was it felt kind of like the only show in town because you know it was still the aftermath of losing WCW and ECW. And uh, other stuff like alternatives like you know TNA, Ring of Honor, whatever were still very much in their infancy. Yeah. So it felt WWE felt more much more so than now, like it was the only thing going. But yeah, yeah I would watch that and just anything else I could get my hands on, really. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so I think at this time I was I wasn't just WWE. Um, where I worked at university, um, made a good job being like the um, like the janitor at the student union. So all all I'd do is just sit around and then, but I had to look within the night. So there were times where everyone would be leaving. I had like a spare hour, so I just like switch to see like wars on or something like Sky Sports before like you know lock up and leave. Um, so uh, with this one, we um, this involves which I think it's safe to say is probably one of our favorite gimmicks, which is the huddle walk. Wook, sorry, Hollywood Wok character, which um, which I did for three months, but I think say I personally think it's the best stuff that Wok ever did. Uh, I think it worked so well because it came so naturally. Yes, like because it came from that whole thing of like the fans turning on him uh, when he was doing that pre-taped promo at the tenth anniversary Raw, yeah. and the fans shot on it and. Obviously, because it was pre-taped, they he didn't realise that, so he's still going on, like, you know, giving it all the catchphrases and like, hear them chanting the Rock's name, boom, <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. So it it came about quite naturally, which I think most of the best gimmicks do, to be honest. Yeah. So I think that's why it's left such a lasting impression. Yeah, I think so. I think it's um, for me the reason. I looked at the time, I don't like thinking back on it, uh, especially from this podcast miniseries, is that I it's what I wanted the corporate champion what to be. Because um, um, yeah, I've always mentioned that, you know, with, with the corporate champion, it was as big as still to what, but it was just yeah. probably. But I, my main issue was that is that if you're the corporate champion, why do you care about the fans? Kind of thing, yeah. you shouldn't. Because that's yeah, what I was like. He would still, I don't, not so much play to the fans because he would still do the whole, you know, this isn't sing along with the rock or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But 
he more or less behaved the same. Yeah. Like he was, he was like kind of like smarmy and whatever. Anyway, whereas like the Hollywood Rock was just more of a absolute flat out dick <laughs> to be yeah. honest. So I I think that really worked. Like yeah. I mean, he I think he carried it off fantastically. Yeah, that's true. Um, so the story goes to the match is that pretty much Rock and Austin has had a sabbatical beforehand. Rock because he started filming horror movies, obviously. So um, I think he did The Mummy 2, then he did Scorpion King, and I think around about this time he might have been doing Back of the Jungle, The One Down. I'm not that sure. came after, I think. In yeah. fact, because that, I'm sure he was just starting to film that when yeah. he did that pre-tape promo. That yeah. he sent into the uh, the tenth anniversary raw. I could be wrong, but I think so. I remember them throughout two thousand three running uh, like promo videos for it, like because he was in it. Yeah, and I think it came out September that year. I could be wrong, but I'm sure it was September. I only remember that because I have to be in America there. Yeah, or right. Around about the time it's released, so I'm sure. But, fine. Sorry, I digress. <laughs> no, no, don't worry about it. It's fine, don't worry. Um, so, yeah, so um, The Rock returns, um, it was like the 10th anniversary of War, and he's not happy that Austin's been being super solid the last 10 years. Um, so, it's kind of like it's the basic right thing. And also, he's also. Um, Obsessed with the fact that uh, he's never beaten Austin at WrestleMania, so he's like going, "Oh no, I am going to beat you." I'm, you know, I'm determined that this will not be, third, you know, this will be third time lucky for him. And um, going to mention as well is that we have a unexpected third wheel on this, which is the Hurricane. Uh, but before that, um, Rock obviously faced Hulk Hogan at No Way Out. Um, and he won the fact of Vince McMahon, and that kind of set up the whole um, Hulk Hogan, Vince McMahon feud there. Um, it all came into this because I think, um, I can't remember how it, how it all started, I don't know if you do, but pretty much with that, um, like, I think Rock wanted to, um, I think it was supposed to be Booker T, and Rock's like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that, end up facing <laughs> the Hurricane. And yeah. He's pretty, he pretty much, he's like, it's, it's basically, it's, it's basically a squash match. But then Austin does the um, the good old musical distraction technique, which every wrestler falls for ever. Oh, of course. Uh, which I still do now, 2017. Yeah. Uh, Doesn't matter how experienced you are. You know, you hear someone's music, you face that entrance. Yeah, way. you stop whatever you're doing and face the entrance. Way, yeah. Um, <laughs> doesn't doesn't matter if you're on the verge of. I think I've, I've seen it when the guy's like practically on the verge of winning. Like I think he's covering someone, and, and then the music hits, and then they stand up. Kind of thing. Um, so, but anyway, that gives um, Hurricane a chance to walk, walk and win. Yeah, uh, I thought it was good because, you know, like, I don't even think it was a squash match. I mean, obviously, The Rock dominated for the most part, but yeah. he did, the Hurricane did look at least like he was, you know, putting up a fight. Yeah. Uh, which you very rarely see when there's that kind of disparity between. Like the sort of placing on the card or whatever between the two guys, you know. I thought not just in the ring, but also in the promos and that as well. Yeah. That the Rock kind of went out of his way to make like 
the hurricane looked like he belonged next to him, yeah. which I thought was really cool. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, and I think I think one thing like about the walk is like things like that is you want you. I think he's a type of person you want someone to be who will, no matter who he's paired with, it makes it it will make it work. Yeah, uh, I think best time of that is got is Bret Hart during the mid nineties. Some some of the guys he was paired with in gimmicks were just stupid, but he would find a way to make it work. And I think the way Bret Hart did it, he kind of played a straight man to it, to like these ridiculous views that he, he was put into. Um, so, but um, but one thing we'll talk about beforehand is obviously the first ever what concert, which happened the Monday before WrestleMania nineteen, which is Sacramento. Um, early in that night, yeah. uh, which I have literally just gift for the account, by the yeah. way. <laughs> yes, I obviously that after recording. Um, we um, often get barred by Eric Bischoff, who was the general manager of War the time. Um, so what comes down does this um, concert where he starts off Sacramento and all that stuff, and then he Austin music hit, and obviously Walk like, shits himself like, oh, no, no, you shouldn't be here. A truck comes down, it's actually the hurricane driving it, so Walk's like, oh, it's fine, he's um, getting rid of him, he's like, not worried and all that stuff, and then he turns out Austin was actually hiding in the back of the truck, and um, goes surprise, and <laughs> starts and they start having a fight as well. Um, so that's going up to it. Um, so in terms of WrestleMania 19 itself, um, I mean, it's one of the best WrestleManias, and but um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's a hugely, hugely underrated one when yeah. you look at some of the matches you've got in it. You know, like it's a good opener with you know Matt Hardy and Rey Mysterio. You had yeah. like HBK against Jericho. You had the main event with Angle and Lesnar. Uh, obviously, like. Every, Everyone remembers Hogan and Vince. That yeah. image of like Vince with a bloody face coming up the side of the, the apron and stuff oh, like that. That was awesome. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I thought it was a really, really good WrestleMania. Yeah, I think so. It's, um, I don't get why. It's, I think some people do remember like, some, some of the bad bits about like, the Minna Fight Cat Girl, Fat Girls, or whatever it was. Um, in a light news advertising campaign where you've got the two like you know, hot chicks uh, pretty mm. much having a, a, a cat fight in every advert so they were involved in WrestleMania and you had the Booker T Triple H match was really good but uh, even though Triple H is my favourite all time wrestler yeah, with the triple threat as well with the women's title yeah, it was, uh, was Trish Stratus, right? Victoria and uh, wait, what's her name uh, sorry my brain has gone here uh, Jazz. Oh yeah, Jazz. Yeah, I was trying to make you. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a really good match. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was right about the time that, like, obviously Victoria and Jazz, everyone knows they were always good. Trish yeah. kind of got like thrown in the deep end, kinda. Yeah, she did. Like, but, and but that was right about the time she really started to come into her own. I think. Yeah, I mean, she uh, with Trish, it was just like uh, I remember this. Uh, I remember when. She'd appeared, she just turned up on the going. And she ended up managing Tess and Albert, um, and then mm. ended up getting in um practically with Vince McMahon, which is quite sickening to see. But she yeah. actually turned out to be and during the year of two thousand as well, she she was even though she wasn't you know, a wrestler, she wouldn't take like insane bumps because it's around the time the Dudley Boys the Dudley boys were getting their hard on scum taking women through tables. Um, yeah, that was uh, kind of a weird one as well, actually. Yeah, so, um, 
of stuff. And yeah, it was, it was really good WrestleMania, but I think, you know, two people do remember probably more about the bad bits of it, like the catfight girls and all that stuff. To be um, honest, I completely forgot about the cafe until you mentioned it, so... Yeah. Uh, I guess, guess you even found that for your podcast. Well. Uh, yeah, so um, this match is the pull-over match in the car. We just had the street fight between um, Hogan and Vince McMahon, so that kind of explains why the um, the, like, the wing and the announcement area is like a war zone. Um, <laughs> but uh, one thing I love about this is the... Um, is the Wox entrance because I think it's phenomenal. You get the um, like a helicopter looking around, like scenes of Los Angeles with the yeah. soft music, and then you get to hear the Wox music hit as well. And it seems to be uh, not like the one it had in two thousand. It was a bit, I don't know, it seems a bit more Wox star in a way, but not like heavy metal kind of thing. I still think that is like the greatest because ver- he's had the same music pretty much his entire career but like like well the same basic music at least like the same tune yeah but like i think that is the best version of it oh yeah definitely i, I agree with that um so yeah so the what comes out and also comes out um by the way um this is like um i don't know if you're into baseball at all but it's in uh, actually in a baseball stadium yeah, I remember that. I'm I'm not a huge baseball fan, but I remember that being spoken about at the time. Uh, uh, oh God, what's because it? uh, it's Fresno, isn't it? What the name of the? Uh, uh, it's it's Safe Cold Field. Right. Uh, what am I thinking of? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't know. It's Safe Cold Field, but it's um, I remember that because um, I only just started getting the baseball one about this time, and um, uh, but because uh, with WrestleMania now. They very the very rarely if they did use big stadiums, it's always indoor stadiums. Mm-hmm. But um Safeco Stadium I think it's like um it's like the um the you know the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff. It's like yeah, it yeah. as a roof we can close it or stuff, mm-hmm. so but it doesn't but it's actually unique because it looks like it's outside but it's not because obviously it's not a full roof, you see bits of like outside at the back of the stadium and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I think it was like a quite unique atmosphere. Um, so when the match begins, obviously starts with like like Austin does his usual brawling and punching, and Ghost has done it very early on, but uh, mm. the rock avoids it, um, and then he tries to go, "Yeah, I'm gonna leave." <laughs> so what uh, <laughs> tries to leave? Austin's like, "No, you're not." Goes after him, um, and then the fight round, the um, announcers table the fight. No, wait, they don't find the crowd. They're kind of like um, Austin puts rock on the. Barrier, stuff. I do. Uh, I just want to add that I do love it when a like a proper bad guy heel just shites it and runs away. Yeah, I love it. I love things like that. I mean, um, like one of the best I think at it was Chris Candido. Yeah, I'm not seeing that much with Chris Candido, but uh, there's one uh, Mick Foley speaks about it on one of the DVDs because they had a match in I think Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Yeah, it's and it, they've got it on like one of the Mick Foley compilation DVDs, and there's a basically because Mick Foley's Cactus Jack at the yeah. time, you know, the proper psychotic character. Yeah, and like Chris Candido ends up running away from him, and it's yeah. not that usual wrestling running away where you're kind of backing away from them, maybe stumble or whatever. He is full pelt, knees pumping, running. 
from Cactus Jack, and it is like the funniest sight ever. Yeah, that's true. I, I just love seeing like a bad guy, because there was that whole thing for a while where everyone wanted to be, you know, the big tough bad guy. Yeah. You know, the cool heel or whatever. There, there's not enough shite bags <laughs> going about in wrestling. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, I think now you've got, um, I think Kevin Owens probably the best example of it. Oh yeah, he's great at it. Well, he's awesome. He's, 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 uh, I don't watch that much Raw, but he's, he's like the highlight when I do watch. Miz is good at it as well. Sorry, Miz is good at it yeah, as well. Um, right, because he talks a big game, but every now and then he'll realise he's kind of bitten off more than you chew or whatever. Oh yeah, I mean um, with the Miz, Miz, I've always loved the Miz since he became WWE champion, uh, and I, I kind of felt he, he kind of got a bit screwed over around that time. But, I, I have to confess, I was never a huge fan of his, but I think in the last maybe year or two, he's just been absolutely knocking it out of the park. Oh yeah, um, and also he's kind of doing the Hollywood gimmick, which yeah, which it's is very very similar with the rocks. Yeah, but it, it, it's, yeah. I find it funny because A is nowhere near the work, and I think B, I think all of the movies he's done have been straight to DVD. <laughs> so yeah. so it's funny. He's been Brian, Brian said that to him on. Uh, Tottenham Smack just the other week because you know, uh, they're because I don't know if you've seen the Tottenham Smack stuff with them I where they yeah. rip into each other yeah. and uh, like he's giving it you know the like oh John Cena's doing what I'm doing he's going away and making movies and that and like Daniel Bryan said something like so what all yours are just straight to DVD oh yeah how many movies you been in I don't want to be movies. Oh, they're right. That's you want to wrestle, but you can't. Proper deck. Yeah, I still think the one way he just goes off. I can't. I can think of when he was the champion, the incredible champion that we done the really went off on him. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah that's when um, like Daniel Bryan like walked off and all that stuff and. Hmm. That was, I, think that was, I don't know why, it seemed to me like as soon as he's got Maurice on board, that seemed to be like a switch for him. Mm. Um, so anyway, so back to this match. Um, pretty much, um, Austin's like doing, like, and I always forget that Austin is, even though he's the biggest baby for this company, he's, he has no problem with sort of the heel tactics. So, oh, he, God, no. <laughs> so um, he would like use the, like, you know, Kind of used the rope to help, like, strangle like his opponent, and all this time the referee's kind of letting a bit of it go. But the odd times he's like going to me, um, "This is a normal match, you know. I can't disqualify you for what you're doing here." Um, Bob he doesn't, and but they they are both Austin more than what, but they are both dicks to the referee in this match. Oh yeah, um, one of the things I loved as well uh, was that when. Uh, I think it was when you were just talking about there when they were fighting on the outside. Yeah. When uh, The Rock puts on Austin's like, waistcoat. Yeah, he does that later on, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah that's right, yeah. So, yeah, that's a good one. Because, um, um, like, that thing goes back to the wing, and after Austin does a back suplex and then whips Rock into the turnbuckle a couple of times before he's in the clothesline. And while Austin's bitching to the referee, uh, The Rock chop him. And then it goes back outside and what does it again? And then they, they kind of start fighting around the um, this this match and announce table. Um, during this time, the commentators are obviously JR and Jerry King Lawler. 
um, and they're based at the stage because that's where the world companies were. But they're doing now. That's where the world companies were at that time. And um, I think I think consider what happened to that area the month, the month beforehand. Because for those who don't know, pretty much the Spice Mountain area gets destroyed as usual. But also there's yeah. a bit where it's, I can't remember was it Aust- I can't remember if it was McMahon or Hogan with a steel chair, but one of the companies get hit with a steel chair by camera who swung it. Mm. I, can't, I think it might have been Ben who swung the chair. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so he pretty much like creams one of the Spanish commentators <laughs> and he's bleeding. He has to like leave and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, um, so pretty much uh, when I come back in, like what is like focusing on the knee, stomping onto it, he's like slamming it against the wing post. Um, and then he does um, the sharpshooter, or they call it the shitshooter, because it's terrible. Didn't like uh, Dean Ambrose get in trouble for like uh, tweet because people I don't know maybe like newer to wrestling or whatever. Dean Ambrose actually used to tweet, and he allegedly got in trouble for saying basically saying that The Rock had a shit sharpshooter, and uh, after that he ended up like deleting all of his tweets and stuff. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, it is out there. There is like because obviously some people like screen capped it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he did tweet like very very briefly like back when he was like back when NXT. It was that I think it was that sort of transition stage between like FCW and NXT. Yeah. And uh, like he used to tweet sometimes, and he basically tweeted that the Rock had a like a really shit sharpshooter. Not yeah. in those words, but. That was what he said. Yeah, I don't uh, and I don't know he that. got he got a bollocking for it. Yeah, it's because um, I can't remember exactly what he said, but uh, I'll have a look for it and like maybe bring it up later on if I remember. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, so when the um, after the um, shop after the shop shoots, Alison just gets the ropes. Um, and then that's when he talked about that's when that goes out of the side and then what puts on the, um, the waistcoat kind of thing um, so and that somehow is the uh, centre for Austin to make his comeback he does some punches and then they both do a double clothesline on each other um, mm. when, when they both get up Austin keeps on doing the punches and then does loop first and then more punches and then you know, it stops in the corner you know does the whole stuff in the corner thing yeah. Which I, I always love that. And, but the what? Why do we cover and respond with that flying clothesline? Um, but then, kind of surprised, they kind of did this in the West, West Main Sand team match, where they started doing the insurance finishes. Um, mm. So Austin hits the what boss and we only gets two. Um, and then Austin goes for the stunner, but what reverses it, and then it does its own stunner for two. And then. Yeah. Up, the thing is, as well, like. Because that's kind of a thing now where people will try and do their opponent's finisher on them. But it wasn't really as much of a thing back then. Yeah, I mean... Same, same with the whole finisher kick-out thing. Wasn't as, it would happen every now and then. Yeah. But it wasn't nearly as much of a thing as it is now. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one thing that will me about WWE at the minute is that I think they are, people are kicking out finishers too, too much. Um, I mean... Pay-per-views maybe, but like if you if you're doing it on like free TV and that, it feels a bit weird. Yeah, um, 
In terms of people doing it with finishes, I'm not saying about, but the last time I saw it was, um, have you seen um, NXT TakeOver Toronto? Yes. Yeah, so you had the um, the match between DIY and the Revival, and the Revival hmm. had to do DIY's move. It yeah. fails, and then, um, and then they do Shatter Machine on um, Dash Wilder, and oh, that was a great moment, so all that stuff is... Because they... Cause, the um, revival doing it, but they're just being arrogant about it, and uh, DUI kind of gives them taste at home medicine as well. Um, but when you go, but one thing that we got to the match, one thing that really bugged me about this one bit about this match is JR because during the commentary, not doing much, they kind of talk about the match, but kind of like arguing about um, like the war, the war they're talking about, because um, more talking about WrestleMania in the movie. And stuff like that, because apparently there's some apparently some people some players want to make a film about WrestleMania. Um, but one thing that really bugged me was what because um, when what does the stunner and what does the cover and Jo goes that's an arrogant cover and I'm like no it's not and I think because he's pretty much like he pretty much just laid on his back and you know, hooked the leg and like I don't see how that's an arrogant cover at all. I think the whole thing because obviously like Jr was always very pro Austin. Oh, I think it's so, like because it, so much. it's no secret they're like best pals basically. Yeah. Um, and I think what may have bled into that was, I mean, obviously we know now and we can all look back and know it, like this is Austin's last match. Yeah. And but nobody knew that it was going to be at the time. Oh no. Like, I mean, there's all the documentaries and stuff now that have, like, you know, the, the state that his neck was in, the state he like he was in the hospital uh, the night before and stuff like that, but nobody knew that at the time. Yeah. I mean, if there was anyone, like, that people were worried about the health of going into the show, it was Kurt Angle. Because, yeah. like, every, like, the state of his neck at the time was very well documented. But, I mean, I remember taking, like, big deep breath and like holding my breath every time he took like a uh, suplex off Lesnar yeah. but nobody knew that Austin was in the nick he was in until like the following day where he came out and said that was it but uh, yeah. we'll, obviously we'll get on to that later <laughs> yeah that's true um, yeah because I when I watched this you know for this podcast I kind of think is this Austin's last match and I said it was because I remember what he did after he, he, he um, we'll talk about it later on um so, um, after that, um, Wok does lots of punches, but he gets hit with the stunner, and I've always loved the way Wok sells the stunner. It looks like he, he's been murdered. He just goes, <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way he does it is brilliant. Um, but uh, that only gets two. Um, the referee, I don't know, the referee's really, it's not speaking to Austin for some reason, and then Austin kind of pulls him out of the way. Um, hmm. But that gives Wok the opportunity to hit a low blow and then he goes for um did he just call the people's elbow at that time or did he change it? I, I think I don't think he ever consciously changed the name of it or anything. Oh, yeah. like that. I remember it was the corporate elbow when yeah. he was like with Vince and that but Yeah, so he said boys like a bit weird he's calling the people's elbow when he doesn't care about the fans kind of thing but yeah. um so he goes for that being misses. Um Austin goes for another stunner, but what? Um, hits a spine buster, and then he goes. Uh, and all this time, he's been wearing the vest. 
of Austin. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then eventually pulls off the vest and then hits the people's elbow, but he gets two. Um, mm-hmm. He goes on to hit uh, two rock bottoms, but every time he covers, Austin kicks out at two. And yep. then he hit the third one and gets the win. Um, uh, I love that finish because it's. There's not, again, it's one of those things I don't think you see enough of in wrestling. Because obviously, like, the rock bottom and the people's elbow are his moves that he yeah. wins matches with. Yeah. He, they're the moves that he puts people away with. Every now and then, you will get someone kick out of your finisher. Yeah. So I love the fact that he hits it, Austin kicks out, so he just gets into position and just nails him with it again. Yeah. And then it doesn't work again because it's Stone Cold Steve Austin, toughest SLB and all that. Yeah. So he just gets into position and rattles him, with, just basically just keeps rattling him with the move until it just doesn't get up anymore. Yeah. I, and I think it's quite an apropos ending for Austin as well because it's, it's the, it kind of makes sense and that's pretty much the only way you're going to keep a guy like that down. <laughs> yeah, I mean... For me, it seemed like they were just grabbing the match. So, it was, right? Like, you know, you get, you know, because sometimes in matches you might say, the, the referee might say to them, oh, you need to cut this short, or could you make it go a bit longer? That's what it felt like to me. I mean, I see where you're coming from, but it just felt like um, that you do the finisher, and then then it was just wait a minute for like Austin to slowly get up, and then do it again. So to me, it felt like they were just um, extending the match. Uh, so I, was, I remember at the time, and again, obviously, it, it's easy to say stuff like this with you know in retrospect, but I remember watching it at the time, and it did have like an air of finality to it. Yeah. Uh, especially with afterwards, with you know, like the 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 fact that they kept on Austin as he walked up the ramp and everything. Yeah. But it did it did feel like the end. I mean, when you, uh, funnily enough, when you asked for uh, questions and stuff earlier on, uh, yeah. this one wasn't a question, but it was more of a statement. But uh, uh, OM Jason, one of the guys that follows me, uh, yeah. said that he felt that that at the time felt like more like the end of an era than the Triple H Undertaker one with Michaels as the ref yeah. a few years ago where they completely, you know, they were, that was how they built at the end of an era. But And I, I completely agree with him that that felt much more like the end of something at the time to, than like a lot of other stuff in WrestleMania history or recent WrestleMania history at least. Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, especially because you, you didn't expect that at the time. It's not like, um, for me, my favourite WrestleMania, it's not a match, it's a, it's a specific moment, is when Shawn Michael faces Ric Flair WrestleMania 24. Mm. And that's because they go for this, this whole like angle of pretty much if, if Flair loses any match, that's it. You know, he's yeah, he's got to retire kind of thing. I know that was like Vince kind of threw him. But obviously, um, near the end of it, like Austin, uh, Michael's just hits this like sweet tune music out of nowhere. Um, he's in a corner, he just looks, he, he does it. Yeah. He, he's, he, he gives this brilliant expression of, I don't want to do this to him. Mm. Uh, as, like, as, as Wick, and Wick knows it's over, but he's, he's still going to fight. 
and yeah. he stands up, he's crying, he's, but he's wearing the pot of fight, and you see the camera just cut to Sean's face, and Sean just say, I'm sorry, I love you, and he does it again. And for me, that just, that is, even now when I'm talking about it, it's, it's such an emotional moment about it, because... And you just mentioned it, and I literally have like, goosebumps playing yeah, yeah, yeah. it. So just the way, just the way it all played. I mean, with wrestling, when they get it right, it is perfection. Uh, Absolutely. A lot of times yeah. they get it wrong, <laughs> but there are times where it'd be a match or like specific moments like that. It's, um, That's. I mean, that kind of thinking is. I mean, I know obviously the the Twitter account that I run is pretty silly, but. That's the kind of thinking that I want you to put in here. Like so many, you know, like things, whether it's a Twitter account or a podcast, are quite negative a lot of the time. Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes it's warranted, and some people are into that. And, you know, fair enough. Whereas I want it to be just, you know, wrestling can be brilliant. Yeah. And a lot of the time it can be a laugh. So I, w- I want it to be something. Something a bit positive that you know, like no matter who your favourites are or whatever, you know, only pictures are only picture. That's all I have a bit of. But uh, yeah, I mean, as you said, wrestling when it gets it right is fantastic. And whether it's you know serious that or whether it's like a comedy thing or whatever, you know, there's nothing. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. Um, so, uh, so after the match, you get um, like Jay obviously picks them up, um, saying all oh, the great wrestlers, great rivalry, and all that stuff. And then uh, what goes up to celebrate with his family, and then he goes just walks off, and then the camera cuts to like Austin recovering, and then he slowly just walks off, and he has moved to play. And that's pretty much it. Um, as I said, boy, you you never got the impression this is going to be Austin's last match. I can't. Uh, as I said. I didn't know what at the time, but there did feel like something in the air, yeah. like that the finality. And obviously, looking back and going what we know now about, again, like the state that Austin's neck was in and stuff, you know, it kind of makes sense. But, like, I, I think it was a terrific, like, send-off yes. for, for that feud, like, for that, like, all cost and WrestleMania. Uh, I mean, all three of the matches were great. In completely different ways. Yeah. Uh, like that match, though. Uh, like, I mean, if you were watching them, I don't even know where I'm going with that because, like, I was about to say, I was about to say, I think the best one was, you know, the WrestleMania 17 one because I think that obviously is widely regarded as the best WrestleMania ever. Yes. Uh, but at the same time. It told a completely different story to the one at WrestleMania 19, but I think they told them both as well as each other, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I don't know. I, don't know. I just love wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so let's um, talk about what happened the night night after. Um, pretty much the last thing. He basically just retired in ring. He he goes on to become like like the sheriff of war, I think. I know he had like this like kind of like feud of like Eric Bischoff and like pretty much gonna fuck Eric Bischoff up for every opportunity. Um mm-hmm. as for the walk, he um he does a walk appreciation night and then he goes 
I beat everyone, so I'm going to leave. <laughs> so that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so then, yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's when then Goldberg Gold tries to turn up. Yeah. And goes, uh, they had the match at uh, Backlash the following month, right? Yes. And that was, like, I think that was The Rock's, like, last match until, like, WrestleMania the following year. Yeah, I think it is. Because um, this was, that's the thing, it's not only the end of Austin's career, but it's it's the end of The Rock's career, at least, as a full-time wrestler. Oh, yeah, it is. Because um, I think he has the match with Mick Foley at WrestleMania 20, where he's taxi partner. Yeah, we're having against the uh, evolution. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and then that's yeah, that's it. I think I can't remember if he does any appearance, like any guest appearance. And then he, he returns in 2011 to uh, guest house Westbury 27. But um, with the whole uh, feud with Goldberg, I can't remember. I can't remember watching the match. I think the match was quite decent. What I remember, but the, it it has one of my favorite moments of whatever because he um, the walk he beat the fuck out of. Jeff Hardy, and I think that's Jeff Hardy's last match in WWE before he leaves. Um, and uh, comes, yes, you're right, yeah. Yeah, yeah it he, was. Yeah, he just beats the fuck out of him, and that's it. <laughs> and then he calls out Goldberg, uh, Goldberg comes out, and then he does things like, oh yeah, um, you know, he's like, oh, no, we, you know, I'm going to face, no, I'm not going to face, he's like, oh, you, you we should have a match, you know, have a match of backlash, and he goes, yeah, tell you, you're for the, like, for the you, or for the, all these fans, nah, and just walks off. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, like and, proper dick moments like that. Oh, yeah. There's not enough. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. And what we made me laugh is JR's reaction. Is like, he's like, what the fuck do you mean no? As <laughs> he walks off. <laughs> oh god, it's so funny. Um, so let's briefly talk about this year's WrestleMania. Um, is there anything that you're looking forward to with this year's WrestleMania? Uh, this year's one. I'm really looking forward to Jericho Owens. Yeah. Uh, I think they have been by far and away. The most entertaining thing on Raw for like the last year, easy. Yes. Uh, they're and not just for how good they are individually, but their chemistry together is just fantastic. Oh yeah. Uh, I said it on like Wrestling Full Context uh, Twitter account that that like besides you know the amount of material I managed to get out of the segment, the the festival of friendship thing where they split up, yeah, was like probably my favourite. WWE moment in a very, 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 very long time, yeah. and that's not to knock everything else. It's just how good that was executed. The yeah. moment at the end, you know, the why is my name on that list? That yeah. it was so heartbreaking, and, but in that, in the good way that wrestling's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, um, I remember because um, I think you see he doesn't win it obviously because he's but you. You realise it before he does, yeah. Because um, you see the you see the signs in the list of you even see the list of Jericho, and then it says this is KO instead, and then he wait, obviously Jericho hasn't read it, and he's like going, what what why's my name on the I don't think anyone has balanced that sort of oblivious sort of balance of uh, comedy and like heartbreak that. Yeah. Uh, since like Rick Mail and Bottom, yeah. So um, yeah, just it's just it's so it's just the way that it was brilliant. Yeah, because to be honest, I think with this year's WrestleMania, that's the match I'm most looking forward to seeing. Um, that and probably the 
maybe the War Women's one for the championship. Even though yeah. I'm not a fan of what they've done to Bailey recently. Uh, uh, I mean, the thing that I find a bit weird is, like, because we all know how good, like, that women's division is. They're, they're fantastic. Yeah. But the way... It's like the Rey Mysterio thing. There's only so many times you can overcome the odds before you're not the underdog anymore. Yeah. And, uh, like, with Bailey, I hope they don't sort of ruin that. Like, well, for matches with Nia Jax recently, they've always been like, you know, how's, how's Bailey going to overcome the odds and stuff? And it's like, she's been loads of times. Beer in NXT. Yeah, I think. No, but... <laughs> yes, I think. I think from that, I mean, Bailey is probably the most baby-faced character they've had in years. Oh, um, easily. And I think, I think one of the what I love NXT, we talk about the takeover they're having that weekend as well, is that you've kind of already done it in NXT, and there's probably whilst not everyone who watches Raw will watch NXT, there's still a lot of fans, so. So you've got to balance him not kind of going through the same thing with all the same wrestlers because pretty much that women's division, except for like four in total, have all gone up, gone through NXT and Bailey has faced them at some point. So um, so you go through that. Um, I'm quite interested in the SmackDown one because um, Alexa Bliss for me is, right over the last year, become one of my favourite wrestlers to watch. Um, oh, I said, and there are people out there that can verify this, but, you know, when she debuted in NXT, yeah, and, you know, a lot of people were giving it, oh, you know, just another model and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, I, I saw her and I was just like, she's going to end up really, really good. Yeah, <laughs> and but, um, she could see then, like, I mean, she was there, but... It was clearly someone that had like put in a lot of effort and become, you know, good enough for TV or or NXT TV at least yeah. in a very very short space of time. <laughs> oh yeah, she has. I mean, uh, with with Alexa, I mean, um, well, obviously you know about now. She went to the bodybuilding and all that stuff before going to edit, go to WWE. And um, but when she got called up to SmackDown, I was like. I, I kind of thought it might be a bit too soon for her, and then she became the more contender a couple of months later. And I was like, yeah. really? I was like, okay, well, they'll, they'll probably kind of stand out and see how she does. And then she ends up winning in December. I was like, um, at that time, I was like, obviously, I became a big fan of Bliss. I'm like, going, I was still thinking to myself, is this too soon for her? I didn't think she would win it, kind of thing, but she is like one of the best. And also, her stuff she. The, like, the stuff she does talk us back as well is like one of the best things on there. Um, also, this, as I said beforehand, we've got the... NXT. With the women, that, that SmackDown women's match, by the way, how they're saying, like, every, you know, every available SmackDown woman, right, yeah. is going to be taking her on. Now, obviously, the inference there is that there's maybe going to be a surprise or two. Yeah, that's the question I got. Uh, now... A lot of people I have seen have been suggesting that this might be when they bring up Asuka. Yeah. Now, I, I, ha- I have another idea in mind. Which is? Eva Marie. 
Oh yeah, because I forgot all about her. But also, I, I like the gimmick they're doing with her because she, to me, she's a reminder of what Western was five years ago. For like people like Kelly Kelly and all that stuff. Only and it's not her fault. I want like you know, because again, it's like the it's kind of similar to the Trish Stratus thing where she got really thrown in at the deep end. Yes. Like it's not her fault. They threw her on like Raw long before. She was ready, and that's oh, yeah. that's that's on WWE. That's not on her. Yeah. So, but I like the gimmick she got, and I'm gonna find it hilarious if she's like turned out to be actually be a really good wrestler when we actually get the chance to properly wrestle. I hope so. I mean, like, cause say what you want about her, but nobody, there's no one in that woman's reaction, uh, the in the, the woman's division, that gets that reaction she does because she is hated, absolutely oh, yeah. hated. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. I know she got hit with a wellness violation, and that was around SummerSlam, and then she's not really been seen since. Apparently, uh, she's injured or something, but I could be wrong on that. Yeah, I think so. I, that. Well, I remember, because uh, I'm just looking on my screen here, and we did get a question about the Austin like, Rock rivalry. Yeah, but, yeah uh, that was by um, Bat Moonsault. Um, uh, I'll let you read it. Yeah, sure. uh, should it be the match to finish Austin, or should he put Lesnar on Massively? Now, I was a bit confused by the question. I think he was talking about Austin. Yeah, uh, the inference there is the, the, the story is that, um, the breaking point behind Austin walking out in uh, sort of summer of 2002 was that he got asked to put Lesnar over on that raw. Why? Uh, that, that's the story, anyway. I like, and. Uh, that was the sort of like straw that broke the camel's back, so so to speak. Yeah. And it's one of those where, like, because I can see both points of view. Because on one hand, you know, ultimately being in the WWE were, uh, was his job. And yeah. You, you know, like any job, you do what your boss tells you. Yeah. On the other hand, I totally get why he was frustrated by the idea because. He said something to the effect, I can't remember the exact word, something to the effect of that him and Lesnar shouldn't have been on Raw, it should be like a big money match. Yeah. And he's totally right. Because, you know, it was obvious at that time that, like, Lesnar, you know, the next big thing wasn't just a nickname, that was where they were going with him. Yeah. Whereas Austin was, like, the man in WWE. Uh, yeah, because nah, with Austin, he had that uh, had that bit beforehand. He, um, um, he, I think um, Vince wanted Austin and Hulk Hogan to wrestle with him at 18, and that is when um, and he wanted Hogan to win, and Steve's like, no, kind of thing, and that kind of and that kind of led to what. Because that's the other side of the things. As much as you know, you do what your boss tells you. Like Austin was, as I said, was the man. Yeah. And like maybe earned the right to be able to say, you know, not doing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because uh, yeah, um, obviously I don't. I didn't know if Austin had creative control, which um, I would imagine. So, like, yeah, I would I think, be astonished if he didn't. Yeah, I think. I think. I don't think it'd be to the level that, like, say, Hogan and Nash had in WCW, but I'm sure he would have had some leeway. 
Um, so he ends up facing Scott Hall instead, and then um, yeah, he just seems to be just different things. I think I think he just wasn't happy with the way the company was going and um, took out of the situation then. Um, so before we finish, we really talk about uh, the NXT takeover that's going to happen mm. on WrestleMania weekend. And there's a few matches to take place. Um, you've got one match I'm really looking forward to, which is a triple threat tag team elimination match. You've got DOI, the Revive, and Offers paying for the championship. That'll be good. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, terrific. Yeah. Uh, you've got Asuka versus Ember Moon for the women. And that, well, I'm sure they've wrestled each other in like, uh, Shimmer and stuff. Yeah, and uh, I don't wear the Shimmer on house shows. And NXT, because I've seen photos of it on Twitter. I know Asuka wrestled Nikki Cross prior to WWE. Yeah, um, I think with Nikki Cross, I mean, obviously, obviously, we're not being biased because she's Scottish, <laughs> but I mean, I I love her as a wrestler. I'm just I'm not a big fan of her like whole fellow thing. I I love it because it's very like having you know being Scottish, obviously. Uh, I've seen Nikki wrestle live quite a lot. Yeah. And I mean, she's fantastic. I'm, I'm, I cannot express how delighted I am that she's getting the chance to show the world how good she is. Yeah. And but like the whole like going nuts thing is so Nikki. <laughs> like like I've seen her live when she because obviously her character in independence was very different yeah. the you know best in the galaxy kind of stuff the, yeah. you know sort of been glorious you know, who would get cheered more often than not basically yeah. because she was so good and so entertaining uh, but maybe if she would like lose her bag during a match or whatever uh, and like that is how she would react that whole running over and Kicking the bottom turnbuckle and that kind of stuff—it cracks me up. It's so so nicky. Uh, I'm delighted for her. I hope she gets a chance to wrestle one on one for the NXT Women's Title very soon. Yeah, I think I uh, think it looks like they're going to probably get. Um, I will probably win at Orlando, and then she'll go on to face Nikki Cross. Um, which well, I think more than anything as well is. You know, if somehow the words that I am saying right now make it to someone who has that influence and power in WWE, I want it to be known I will pay I will pay top dollar good cold hard cash if you give me Cassius Ono versus Killian Dane. Yeah, well, that's, I think that'd be a good one as well. So, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm a bit behind it. I'll see in a minute, I think I'm like, Killian Dane is the last NXT I've seen was the one before Tyler Bay, you know, because Tyler Bay faces 27 at NXT. Right. And, and the one before that, so I've got a, I've got a bit of catching up to do. Um, and also you've got Shinsuke Nakamura facing Bobby Roode for the, champ, for the NXT Championship as well, which, which are three matches out now. Could all have capacity to be the match of the night and in that, or probably the match of the whole weekend. Yeah. I'm wondering what they'll do with Cassius Ono for it. Um, the, yeah, because he, he kind of wants to challenge Rude for the championship, doesn't he? 
uh, well, they had the match. Uh, it was last night. Oh, okay. Wow. And uh, Rude won. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I was, even though I wasn't a big fan of the way his reign was in the beginning, when he became TNA champion, I've always been a big fan of Bobby Roode. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm really happy he's in WWE. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, the one thing that I, I said this, like, like he's, he's one of those guys that I always objectively knew was good. Yes. But something about him just didn't click with me. And yeah. it's that bloody music that's done it. What the music's uh, got for this one? The, yeah, the glorious tune. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, the only thing is, I wish I wish they had like kept it for someone else, namely Nicky Cross. Because if anyone listening to this knows Nicky's character from the Independent Special Galaxy, and it originally looked like they were going to go in that way with, uh, when she wrestled that one match under her real name. Yeah. Uh, like, if you can imagine the Nikki, well, Nikki Storm that we know from, like, the Independents with that music. Yeah. It yeah. would be perfect. But, yeah, you know, that said, it fits Rude very, very well. Yeah. It's probably the best example of a theme music and helping to get someone over. Yeah. I think the Cassius Lono one's amazing as well. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's so catchy. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I mean, the only problem we've got with Rude is that he's, I think he turns forty next month. So I right. do wonder if it's a bit too late for him. Or if he does go to main one, so he won't be there for long. But saying yeah. that, AJ AJ Styles is thirty nine, and I think he's doing the best work of his career. So, oh yeah, um, we'll see. Um, yeah, so uh, there we go. Uh, so Adam, thank you very much for being on the show. And uh, where where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me, uh, well, I have two Twitter accounts. Uh, I have my own one, which is, uh, under the name Ginger Pumpernell. Uh, I have Wrestling Without Context one, which is Res, W-R-E-S, No Context, all one word, uh, where I basically just post silly pictures, gifts, whatever, of wrestling, more often than not, without any explanation whatsoever, uh, because, you know, Let's face it, wrestling is absolutely ridiculous. And if you can imagine, you know, tuning in with, you know, little to no knowledge of, you know, what was going on in current storylines and being met with something like, say, you know, May Young giving birth to a hand. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was, that was the thinking behind it. You know, what if you turned in, you know, and at just this moment and this was the first thing you saw? But I'll often post like other silly stuff as well. It's essentially just a celebration of the sort of weird and silly side and the yeah. funny side of wrestling, as well as occasionally, you know, losing all of the activity and telling people to watch, you know, Dark or Jack Gallagher or Wolfgang or whatever. But aside from that, you know, <laughs> just celebrating the fun side of wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think. Talking about, yeah, I've really mentioned this, this. We've got a lot of British wrestlers in WWE in the minute. You got um, Dad Gallagher, Noam Dar, uh, King Neville, the Cruiserweight, as I like to call mm -hmm. them. Um, we've obviously got Nicky Cross in um, NXT. Um, there's actually, I can't remember, there's actually a guy, I'm not seeing the TV in a while, but a guy in NXT used to play professional football in the UK, who's now wrestling oh, as well. Um, he's actually, he actually got. 
Yeah, he's back playing football. Is he? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. He's with a uh, lower league English team now. Oh, okay. And was it, he only played like his first game for them, I think, about a month or two ago. Okay, it must not worked out then. Because I, I, I mentioned uh, it on TV like once. Uh, he, I, but I saw the picture of him like yeah. coming out for the game and it was like former WWE star, you know, appearing for this team. And the guy's built tank. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> isn't, isn't he a goalkeeper? He is, yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And he had the high uh, colour. His name was Hugo Knox. Yeah. Uh, I believe he used to play for Plymouth Argyle. Yeah. Uh, uh, mainly because a mate of mine supports him. Uh, yeah. But I can't remember what his real name is. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember. I, I can look it up. So, um... I found that that was to be by the way. Yeah. Uh, it was the 26th of March. 2012. Yeah. Stag WWE fun facts. Natalia Neidhart uses a perfectly applied sharpshooter. The Rock uses a kind of ugly ankle twisty thing he calls a sharpshooter. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of in a bit of trouble. Yeah. It, and his last tweet before that, because it's just like someone's archive here. The yeah. last tweet before that was William Beagle is a believer. Yeah. Wish I could probably say. <laughs> Um, to be honest, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's true. Um, and as for me, um, I'm on Twitter at Lord of Wrestling, all one word. Um, the podcast is on lordofwrestling.wordpress.com, and my main blog is mostly about pay per view reviews. Um, hopefully, by the time this podcast comes up, um, I a, would have done the fast line review to watch this, not having a chance to type it up yet. And um, B, hopefully get this podcast in you iTunes because I've been trying to do it for years and I've just never made the effort. Um, so <laughs> until then, thanks again, Adam, for being on the show. Oh, again, thank you for having me. I mean, it's it, as I said to you before we started recording, it's kind of surreal for me to be asked to do these kind of things. Yeah. Because ultimately, I'm just a guy that you know posts silly pictures of wrestling on the internet. But you know, I'm always happy to talk wrestling. You know. It's, it's been such a huge part of my life. Yeah. For, you know, God, how long have I been watching? Uh, 26 years. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I love it and I'm always happy to talk wrestling, you know, behind all the dark pictures and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and um, join us and thank you guys for uh, listening to the show and goodbye.